you know, we should totally start this as a sea shanty. As a sea shanty? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, one of them like, pirate lullabies. Like Yo-Ho-Ho and a bottle of rum. That's the one. Right. I, I don't know it. You, yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> Terrible pirates. We, we are why the rum's gone, though. We are. We may have drunk it all. We, we may have. Not was, tonight, though. No. This, uh, we had some technical difficulties, so we're recording the intro post-episode. Yes, so if everything seems slightly backwards, it's because the it rum. is. And the rum is gone. And the rum is now gone, yes. So, I'm Stuart. I'm Michael. And this is a good drop. Cheers. Cheers. gentlemen welcome back to another episode of a good drop where we drink booze and talk about it we we do well we, we talk about fine alcoholic beverages booze. never booze booze well th- we should probably look up the etymology of that word too mm. because today ladies and gentlemen if you haven't worked it out by the episode title we're talking about rum and one of the common names for a rum drink is grog, which has now been now a common t- term for booze. Oh, very true. Term very alcohol. true indeed, yes. As rum is, of course, one of the uh, one of the older distilled beverages right up there with whiskey, which we talked about last week. Hmm. Back in 1600-something, it was first discovered, well, first written down, first recorded, um, but it was not until about the 17th century where, 17th or 18th century, where uh, Caribbean slaves um, discovered that they could make a fermented alcohol from molasses, which is a byproduct of sugar. So, what do you do with waste if you can ferment it? You ferment it and make a drink, of course. Of course. And uh, while we're talking about how rum is made, let's talk about how rum is made. Rum is because made. Um, it, it is uh, made from sugarcane byproducts, not just molasses, but also sometimes from sugarcane juice, and uh, then they uh, ferment it and distill it. Now, if, if you want to know more about distillation and that process, have a listen to last week's podcast about whiskey, where we talked about that in greater detail. But, but it, it uses everyone's favorite bacteria. Yeast. Yeast. It does indeed. Now, the the distilling process with rum results in a, a clear liquid that is then usually aged in um, oak barrels, though uh, it's sometimes also aged in used bourbon barrels or other types of wood barrels, and occasionally in stainless steel tanks. Now, the container actually makes a difference both to the flavor and color of the rum. Always does with uh, oak barrels resulting in a darker rum and the stainless steel tanks causing it to be almost completely colourless. Distillers also use bourbon barrels for ageing purposes, you know, to give it different flavours. 
They do indeed. And after that whole aging process, if they're not happy with the colour of the rum, they do either... They add caramel colour. Yep, add caramel to make it darker or re-filter to make it lighter if mm. they're after a lighter coloured rum. So now what we're drinking today... Is our odd drop. Our odd drop, the Deadhead, which uh, is actually from uh, made by Deadhead in Mexico. It's a Mexican rum. And uh, quite a tasty one at that. Oh man, it's so good, guys. You it's... should get yourself a drop. But it is $70 a bottle, so it's probably slightly out of reach for the average person. Mm, it, it is definitely up the top end price-wise when mm. it comes to rums, but the uh, the, the smell is, is fantastic, and the, the flavours, it tastes... Almost like it should be a spiced rum. Like it, it's mm. not a spiced rum, but it, it says it isn't. But it could be. Like it does. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are definite hints of cinnamon and nutmeg, and if you like spiced rums, yeah. you, you'll love this. You, you will love this. It, it's not spiced like a, an Ocast or a Kraken or a Captain Morgan's, but it's definitely mm. got that little bit of a zest to it. Mm. Now, at the moment, we are actually drinking Cuba Libres. From this, which is of it's course a Cuban, Cuban uh, cocktail, a Cuban cocktail, which uh, is almost as old as Bacardi itself. Bacardi being around since 1862, and uh, it was in fact with Bacardi that the Cuba Libre was first made. But it is uh, rum and coke and lime, and with today's odd drop, it's pretty perfect the the flavors just complement themselves so nicely yeah i don't normally drink coke but i decided to make an exception for you guys on the podcast and i'm not regretting my decision it's it's really good uh so well talking about bacardi that yes. brings us into our good drop a good drop yes which is the bacardi ocart hmm which is Bacardi's stab at uh, making at a spiced, spiced rum. rum. And it's one of the better spiced rums on the list. It is indeed. Now, uh, Bacardi actually uh, is a massive company. I mean, they've been around since 1862, which is a very long time. If you remember from but our beer episode where the Carlton United Breweries bought out almost everyone else in the game... And yeah, but Bacardi is basically rum's version of that. They are the world's largest privately held spirits company, comprising of more than 200 brands and labels sold in over 150 countries. It's incredible, guys. And uh, yeah, so with uh, back to Oakheart, though, they introduced Oakheart in 2011. And uh, it is aged in charred oak barrels, which is part of what gives it its more smoky flavor. And, of course, then they add the spice. Then they add the spice. Yeah, I I first heard of it when they they brought it out in probably 2011 or 12 in Australia, Mm. where where the bars were promoting oak and coke. Yes, and uh, still we see Oak and Coke promos at uh, at bars from time to time. Because mm. I I think uh, being like in Australia, Bundaberg tends to be the predominant rum. Yeah, oh yeah, it's drunk here. And I think it's it's certainly if you go to a bar in Australia and you just ask for rum, they're going to the, the house rum Bacardi, is going to be Bundy. Bacardi Bundy, yeah, yeah. 
I've had too many deadheads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and yeah, so yeah, Bundy because because it's Australian, because it's made in in Bundaberg, mm. and it's cheaper. It's certainly it's more common, but definitely the the Ocart, despite being slightly more expensive than your standard Bacardi, only by like three or four dollars. Yeah, it's it's definitely. It's very smooth. For for its price, it is the best rum I've had so far. Mm, bar none, yeah. Mm. For for that price range, absolutely. That's why it's our good drop for today. That is indeed. Now, Top Drop, of course, has won awards. It has. It in is, multiple countries. It is the, uh, the Eldorado 12-year-old aged dark rum. I would have loved to have tasted this, however... We couldn't find it easily. We, yeah, so it's uh, it's from the Diamond Distillery in uh, Guam, and um, it's a dark rum that has won twelve awards since nineteen ninety seven. It uh, it won gold at the London International Wine and Spirit Competition in two thousand three, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, and two thousand thirteen. At the International Rum Festival in Canada in two thousand one, it won a gold. And it won gold again at the Beverage Tasting Institute of Chicago in 2000 and the Caribbean Communications Inc. Rum Festival in 2001, 1998, and 1997. This is a rum that, listeners, we guarantee you, if we find it, we will drink it. <laughs> We're impressed by anything that has won that many awards I, in that I lost many count different competitions. After awards. Yeah, I mean that that many. It, it's got to be good. Mm. Like they they couldn't all have been lying. It's yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. So when did you first have rum, Mickle? So I think I first had rum. Oh, I'd have, I believe I was still in high school. I'd have been uh, 16 or 17, I think, when I first had rum. 17, wow. Mm. I I first had rum when I was 18. I'd recently turned 18, and a couple of friends decided, hey, it, Thursday night is student night. Let's go out and party on. So not realizing how poor an idea that was at the time, I decided, yeah, sounds great, let's go. So we went to one of these pubs in Canberra and uh, we ordered ABCs, Absinthe, Bacardi 151 and Chartreuse. And they do kick. You, uh, you yeah. know about it, yeah. I, I'd never had a shot before or a shooter before and I, could, I couldn't breathe. Like, just the sheer burn of the alcohol was unbelievable yeah they're, they're pretty amazing and you, you would have felt that several minutes after drinking it sure did mm. being a a un something uncultured 18 year old mm. a lightweight as a lightweight as yeah. Cadbury glass and a half glass and a half yep <laughs> or one shooter when it's things that are as strong as what's in an ABC shot yeah because uh, Bacardi one five one is, yeah, it's uh, a very high proof one five one. Well, a hundred, I think a hundred and fifty proof is double the percentage. The mm. the proof is double the percentage. Yeah, and it? I believe yeah one five one is named because it's one fifty proof. One fifty or one hundred and fifty one proof. Yeah, which is about seventy five percent. 
Yeah, well, you, you could uh, use it to breathe fire if you wanted to. Mm. And a lot of uh, bartenders and uh, cocktail artists tend to use it as a layer on top to add fire to their drink. Mm, back before that was outlawed in Queensland, yes. Mm. But There's for a lot of good reason, because people thought that they'd put them out and then drank them and their face caught fire. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why. That's why that happened. Oh. Yep. You got any good rum stories? Because of course alcohol burns clear, you know. Ooh. Oh, yeah, like a dark blue mm. or a, a yeah. faint blue. So it can be down to the point where it looks like it's out, but mm. you just can't see it. Yeah, pretty dangerous stuff. Yes, indeed. I mean, my... But it looks cool. Oh, it does. It looks very cool. Mm. Yeah. Now my uh, my stories, really my back to really back to the first time I had rum. It was Bundy, as as we were talking about Bundy, because I, I was I was young and I was poor and Bundy mm. was cheap. Yep. And I recall half of that night, <laughs> and that I finished the bottle. That's that's about the extent Oof. of it. Yeah. Which for for a seventeen year old, I that's went hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, back before we discovered that drinking responsibility is actually more enjoyable mm, than exactly. going hard and hating yourself the yeah, next it's, day. Yeah, it's actually very nice to not have to ask somebody else what you did. Yeah, I I have been blackout drunk a few times, and it's it's scary. Yeah, we, we don't recommend it. No. Yeah, I... I don't remember... One... I th- I think it's been three times that I've been blackout drunk. Uh, one I was uh, drinking in Rockhampton. I lost my friends and had some dr- had a couple more drinks with some strangers, and then I don't remember what happened after that. Uh, one time before that, I had somehow managed to polish off three quarters of a bottle of Smirnoff Blue Label which is 42% instead of the 37% of a regular bottle. Good stuff, though. Good mm. stuff. I mean, I was 19 or 20, so I wouldn't have been able to tell if it was good stuff. Oh, not. yes. <laughs> uh, and I, I know there's a third time, but I can't quite remember it. Probably because I was blackout. But, yes, you know. because you can't quite remember it. Yeah. Yes. So talking yeah, about it's, remembering... It's really scary stuff. Speaking of remembering things, though, uh, let's uh, have a bit about the history of... Well, a bit more, or have we covered all of your history of rum already? We've covered pretty much all of it. Uh, I do have to mention the Rum Rebellion of 1808, where the New South Wales Corps uh, decided they were going to have a hostile takeover of the government. It's the only successful hostile takeover of uh, any government in Australia in its mm. history. Um, the, yeah, it resulted in the deposition and arrest of New South Wales Governor William Bly. And it was basically the culmination of a, a tussle for power between the, uh, between capitalism and government, where the government really wanted New South Wales to be a giant penal colony or a giant a hu- uh, state... State-sized jail, right, or prison for the convicts. Um, but what what was happening was that the officers were shipping over rum from Bengal, 
and Bengal. I think it is B- Bengal. Yeah, it's yeah. a place. Yep. Um, and so when the when the ships were getting to Australia, instead of taking them through customs and the ports, they were just floating them uh, with the currents and on onto shore. And yeah, they were the officers were then taking the rum and selling it or bartering with it at the time and the the government didn't like it so they passed laws and the officer said well no this is how we're going to do it all right it's nice to see that uh, people will stand up for what they believe in even if what they believe in is rum <laughs> but i suppose that that's why the rum is not gone well yeah they were illegally shipping it in yeah yeah, there's plenty of rum references in pop culture. Oh yes. Oh yes. What the rum being gone, being from Pirates of the Caribbean. In fact, a great many coming from pirate things in general. Mm. And of course, the the tie between rum and pirates, largely, of course, due to rum originating in the Caribbean, and, and a, a vast of number of pirates coming from that same region. Yeah, they didn't even drink rum straight either. Not like you see in all the stories and. Movies. They used to drink it as bumbo, which is rum, water, sugar, and nutmeg all mixed together. Uh, even the Royal Navy didn't drink it straight. They, talking about grog, they mixed it with water or beer to make it, to basically weaken it, to make it last longer. Mm, well, and undoubtedly, if you have to sail a ship, you mm. want to have your sea legs. And not wobbly rum legs. Wobbly rum legs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I could be wrong on this one, but... Um, I... My, my dad and I were talking. My dad loves... Uh, uh, Master and Commander books. The Master and Commander series. All right. I'm, I'm familiar with the film. I've, I've never read the books. Yeah, there's a huge series of like 11 or 12 books by this guy that his name escapes me. Um, but they were talking about how you'd, you'd get a cup of rum per day in the Royal Navy. A cup or half a cup of rum ration per day. So that that's probably why they decided to mix it with beer or water so they could enjoy it more. Make make it last. I suppose if you um, didn't want to drink water straight, I imagine in those days water was not the delicious beverage it is today. No, water was probably very, very toxic. Yeah, so undoubtedly mixing it with something that contained alcohol and would clean it somewhat Mm. would have been a good idea. Very good idea. I mean, if I was doing this, if I had to do the same thing and and I had to purify some water and all I had was like vodka or rum... You bet your ass I'd do that. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, what uh, what other content have we got for the listeners today? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. That's that's it? No, uh, no news today? Oh. Yeah, we got some news. Guys, holy shit. Blood-soaked murder. Man downed a litre of rum before stabbing his flatmate 25 times and hacking his penis off. Wow. Let, let's not blame the rum, though. No. This, this this is the result of Googling rum news. 
Jeffrey Barry, 56, allegedly told people he wanted to kill members members of the public and victim Camille Ahmad was at the top of his list. So, well, that that sort of reminds me of, you know how people say, oh, I get angry when I drink rum? Yeah. Total bullshit. purely psychological. Yeah. It's just because people say that rum makes you angry when in reality it magnifies what you're feeling at the time. Mm. Like all alcohol. Like all alcohol, indeed. And, of course, there is a thing in psychology that's referred to as the self-fulfilling prophecy, which is if you believe something will occur, chances are it will. Mm. So if you believe rum will make you violent, it will probably make you violent. Though I would guess that in the case of uh, Old Mate here, he had his plans and he drank a liter of rum for some dutch courage yeah that makes more sense up. than yeah. the rum doing anything really well because obviously he'd planned it already because mm, he had a list yeah he, he just needed to get that little bit of inhibitions gone and rum was his drink of choice would be my guess yeah so this is a british story from the sun.co.uk uh, Barry had woken his victim in the early hours of July 7 last year by knocking on the door of his home at their shared home in Bristol. Oh, it, oh yeah, that's right. It's a flatmate. Yeah. Uh, he then dis- disappeared into Ahmed's room and emerged 40 minutes later covered in blood, it was said. <coughs> Fire out, man. Mm. I just, I can't understand why people d- do that. It just blows my mind that people feel that much hatred or malice towards somebody to want to end their life. Yeah, well, that, that's, that stabbing somebody that many times, that is a step beyond wanting to end their life. I mean, that's, that, that, that is pure hatred personified in yeah. that number of stabs. I mean, it's... But, but why? That's what I don't get. It doesn't, it just doesn't compute. Yeah, I mean, I'm reminded of a certain musical that I won't name because I don't want to plug it because it's always on somewhere. But um, with the the line, and he ran into my knife, he ran into my knife ten times. Hmm. I, I've probably misquoted that's a, that as that's well. A, that's a Shakespeare one, isn't it? Shakespeare didn't write any musicals. Oh, true. That's, that, that's from uh, a musical. I'm just thinking but, um, the Shakespeare play... But I've, I've, I've misquoted. I've definitely misquoted. But I, 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 as, as the play goes on, he had it coming. We don't know if that's the case <laughs> in, uh, in this instance. It probably isn't. But certainly no, no not, one not could... Not 37 times. No, no, nobody could say that times. He, he ran into... No, no, that's, that's madness. Not, not only did he stab him 25 times, he then cut his penis off. So he, he cut off his victim's penis or his own his penis? His victim's penis. Okay, because, I mean, that's... If you want the insanity plea to kill somebody like that and then cut your own penis off, that's going to get you off scot-free and into a into an asylum. Yeah. I don't know if that's any better, really. Pr- probably not. Probably not, really. I mean, maybe the food's slightly better. Who knows? I told him it was it wasn't okay to punch someone because he felt like it. And he told me he was clinically insane and couldn't be held responsible and quickly hung up. Well, let's make clear that that's reading directly from the article mm-hmm. and not you speaking here. <laughs> oh, hell no. No, I do not 
condone violence in any way. Mm. Unless yeah. they had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we are all for drinking responsibly and taking responsibility for your own actions mm. and accepting that, yes, alcohol will lower your inhibitions, but it is not ever an excuse for doing something that's illegal. No. In fact, I have a scar and had to have nine stitches in my head from uh, from a guy who was drunk. Um, I I just finished work in Canberra. I used to be an apprentice chef. And, um, yeah, a bus pulled away at the bus interchange and I asked this guy, oh, what bus number was it that pulled off, pulled away? Because I didn't see it. And next thing I remember, I wake up on the curb, on the cobblestones of the bus interchange, and my head hurts more than anything I've ever I could ever imagine. And my eye, my eye sort of feels droopy and funny. And there's like this, my my face is all sticky and weird. And I I was. Yeah, I just felt really confused. Like, what's what's going on? Why does my head hurt so much? And um, and then next thing I know, there's a couple of policemen talking to me, and they're like, "Oh, you've got you got blood all over your face. How you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I feel like my head really hurts." And then it clicked. Holy shit! I've just been punched and knocked out. I'm on the road. I'm gonna get run over. So I scramble off the road and realize there's a seat next to me and sit down and yeah, quick trip, fastest trip to the hospital I've ever been in. Yeah, well, it's not not pleasant. So I said I'll, I'll admit uh, once on a night uh, on the town at uh, in the wee hours of the morning, you know, two or three a.m. or so after the lockout, but before they stop. Well, but before the sun had risen, mm. I uh, encountered an individual who was covered in blood, none his own. Holy shit. Who told me that he had been in a fist fight with someone who'd looked at him sideways. And he'd yeah. just belted them until they couldn't move anymore. And um, as as you do when talking to somebody like that, I smiled and nodded and made polite conversation until he walked away. Mm. Can't really do much else if you value your face. Yes. Yes, indeed. And of course, he, he had been locked out, but had then gone to the casino because, yeah, because the, the lockout laws don't open. apply at the casino. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. What else are the drunkards going to do except go to the casino and beat the shit out of people outside the casino? Outside the casino. Yes. Mm. You can tell we're not a fan of these lockout laws. We, we are not. But... That's the law. Yeah, because the, the lockout laws force people outside of a place that's covered by security guards, outside of a safe environment, and into the streets where nobody is watching them. Along they... with uh, thousands of other drunk, mm. angry people that have just been kicked out of pubs. Yes, forced there en masse to wait for the limited number of cabs and Ubers that happen to be in the area. Mm. And what are they going to do other than be looked, frustrated and take it out sideways. on each other? Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Punch. Really sucks because, like, there's the same things happened before. The in Queensland, the pubs used to close at six, and the same thing happened. People 
would go to whichever pub was their local, get absolutely wrecked, and then six o'clock would come, and they'd all be out on the street. And what are they going to do except be frustrated they got, just got kicked out of a pub? Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't really fix the problem. It just changes the time that it occurs. Or moves whereas, the location. Yeah, whereas if you allow them to close at 5 a.m. as they always have and not prevent locking people out and not mm. prevent people coming and going, then people slowly trickle out through the night and you don't have it occurring en masse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had something to say, but I forgot because I'm about three drinks in. Mm. So with uh, with our political uh, opinion... Um, sorry, f- that- sorry for getting political, guys. This is a alcohol podcast not a politics podcast mm, that's that's true though it is it is alcohol related politics mm. and on, on that matter we and many other people feel quite strongly but we'll uh, we'll leave that and we'll be it's about time for us to tie up this week's episode as well yeah sounds good to me so uh, I, got, I got nothing else yeah so uh, next week we will be doing uh, vodka vodka the Russian drink. It's that fine potato-based beverage from colder climates. Not necessarily potato-based, as you'll find out. Yes, so uh, check our Facebook, A Good Drop Podcast. Or send us an email, a good drop at gmail.com. Or check out our uh, webpage, a gooddrop.com.au. And, of course, if you've got any suggestions, contact us through uh, any of the methods we just named and uh, suggest drinks for us to try or give us ideas on what you thought of the drinks that we've talked about. Or send us some links to some awesome news articles. Uh, So, yeah, that's it. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.